Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. We are streaming live on this one because, Keith, I have a feeling there are a few people from our respective fan bases that still need to vent a little bit after a rough night in the NBA last night. I assume you mean the Grizzlies and Magic, as we're both wearing varying shades of blue. Oh, that's and true. Those are the teams we now uh, we we are closest to, and now now should support rather than the uh, two dumpster fires that we are uh, <laughs> most commonly linked oh, with. Man. So it's uh, yeah, not good times uh, on the respective coasts for the longtime rivals for the Celtics and Lakers. But plenty of time to get into them as we go along here, and uh, we'll uh, we'll you know, we'll. We'll, we'll talk it, I'm That's sure. That's right. So, so if you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome in uh, chat. Let us know if you've got any questions along the way. But we're going to bounce around the different games that are going on. We'll touch upon a few news. New- oh, you got someone checking in from China. Oh, wow. I love it. All right. Good stuff. Good morning. Well, I guess it's not morning there, but... But welcome. <laughs> welcome in. Um, so let's let's get into this. We'll bounce around a few different games and things like that. And I guess we'll start out in Orlando. The uh, the magic and the hornets, Keith. You know, I said this before we before we hit go live here. My guy Miles Bridges keeps going. Thirty one point six boards. Get that money, Miles. Yeah, he he reportedly turned down around sixty million. It sounds like uh, in a contract extension, which uh, good on him because he's probably going to make significantly more than that if he just continues uh, down the path he he is mm-hmm. on here. Uh, he he he's been great. Uh, really good to start the season uh, really um, starting to show uh, some rounding out of his Mm -hmm. game he's not just a dunker anymore he can really hit some jump shots now he's starting to really do some things off the dribble didn't show it in this game but his passing has been much improved so yeah all around a good effort uh, from the Hornets on a night where LaMelo Ball really kind of struggled the Magic Guards uh, made a focus to try to kind of put him in in clamps and keep him there and they they really had him locked up and and then uh, Kelly Ubre, not a good night, but Gordon Hayward had one of those kind of Gordon Hayward games, 24-5-5 and five, uh, with two steals and a block. But off the bench, two two of their younger forwards, uh, guys that they drafted a couple years ago, are uh, really starting to come into their own. Cody Martin had 12 points, and Jalen McDaniel had 16 points, including four or five from three from him so that that's really good mm-hmm. to see from the hornets that their their bench is starting to step forward because right now they're still playing without terry rogier and pj washington i mean look that's the mark of a good team that they can withstand losses like that you didn't even get a lamello ball-esque performance out of him he even only played 24 minutes and they still picked yeah. up the win oh and now of course it's against the magic but as we saw from a number of other games last night <laughs> A win is not (laughs) guranteed, even if you're playing a bad team. So uh, impressive stuff there. And then from the Magic side, I mean, look, Cole Anthony was good again, 24, 5, and and 6. You had a number of guys that were chipping in. Uh, Wendell Carter just got that big new contract, 20 and 10. Didn't block any shots, which is surprising for a guy with timing that is so good. Uh, But 2 of 5 from deep as well. Uh, Mo Bamba, 10 boards, 14 points. He hit 50% from 3. So look, this, this Magic team is competing. But they're just not winning, which is probably okay for them. 
Yeah, that's what we can expect now at this point. Is that they're going to compete, they're going to play really hard, and they're probably going to lose and lose a lot. But it's it's you know mostly uh, what is to be expected. Uh, I think the most encouraging thing out of this game uh, from the Magic side, Franz Wagner, fifteen points on five of seven, did a lot of stuff off the dribble, not just spot up stuff. Uh, he for how bad he looked in summer mm-hmm. league, he has really turned it around to start this season and actually looks up uh, pretty positive. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. Wait, are you trying to tell me that Summer League is not a predictor <laughs> of future NBA success or failure? Come on, Keith. I, I mean, I'm not not <laughs> trying to tell you that. But yeah, it's a yeah, it, it's um yeah, some summer league is great and we love it, but yeah, it's uh you know, we're we're uh we <laughs> let's not take uh what it teaches us as the gospel, yes. I guess, is where I'm trying yes. to go. All right, let's let's jump over to I'm sorry. Let's jump over to your team. No, uh, let's let's not. Not. I know. Let's I know. I already said we usually <laughs> these shows run long because we spend so much time talking about our teams. <laughs> and we've already said today there's not going to be a lot to talk about. The Celtics fall to the Wizards 116 to 107. Uh, my guy Kyle Kuzma, not a great shooting night. Eight boards, 12 points. Two steals, one block, still contributed there. KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope, three of four from deep with 11 points. Uh, injury to Daniel Gafford sounds like it's a contusion, fortunately, yeah. and not something more serious. But he only played seven I mean, minutes. It looked really yes. scary live. Him and Jalen Brown went for a loose ball uh, in transition, and went knee to knee. Brown got up, limped around for a minute, and then stayed in. Gafford stayed down, was grabbing at the back of his That's knee, the scary which part. was weird considering they're saying it's a thigh contusion. So, uh, you know, hopefully he's going to be okay because he's in the midst of a uh, well. Last year was really his breakout yeah. after he was traded, but he's continued that into to this season. Uh, I, I don't know if we could call him your guy. He was only there for for a Trez. season, and it was a weird season. But Montrezl Harrell, yeah, he man, stepped what, up, yeah, absolute monster. He was just ragdolling guys around in the paint all night long, uh, getting whatever he wanted. Ten of thirteen uh, from the floor for twenty five points, just just an absolute monster inside. Had to play extended minutes because Gafford was hurt and. Uh, the the interesting thing was the only time Boston got real traction after Gafford got hurt was when Harold came off the floor because they went with Davis Bertans mm-hmm. at the five and um they we only needed to see the few minutes of it to know that's, that's not a thing that will work. Um, <laughs> it, it was pretty bad. So uh, yeah, on the Celtic side. If you want to read my extended thoughts on this, you could go over to Celtics blog. It's up right now. Normally after the games, I do a thing called 10 takeaways where I hit quick hit observations and I post clips mm-hmm. and things like that. Today was just one takeaway and I'm sick and tired of hearing the players say after games, yeah, our effort's not good. It has to be better. We'll fix it. We're on year two of this now. It's the the main guys who continue to say it, Tatum, Brown, and Smart. Then they continue to not do anything about it. Um, this was probably the most uh, I've gone in on the team in several years of uh, covering them. And it's just, it's we're, we're to a point where now it needed to be said and done. Uh, the, the bright spots in this game, Jabari Parker played hard, continues to produce off the bench some. Uh, Dennis Schroeder actually came in, changed the energy of the game off the bench, played pretty well, and now Horford looked really good um, throughout the Mm. course of the night despite having his minutes managed. But the main guys, Tatum, Brown, and Smart, they all stunk. They all didn't play hard, and it's a mess. And this team's not going to get better until they fix it. Yeah, Jason Tatum, 9 for 22. Marcus Smart, 1 for 7. Jalen Brown, 5 for 16. That 
You could you could withstand <laughs> one or two of those, but all three of those shooting that way, you you can't do that. No. Yeah. And it's not I don't even know it's smart. I do care about the shooting now because he's he's shooting twenty five percent from for the year. And that's just no, I don't care how good you are at all the other stuff. You can't play a player that shoots that poorly. Um, Mike Wolf in the chat asked, What happened at shoot around with the Celtics? I don't know the answer to that, but whatever it was was not good. Um by uh, Ime Udoka referenced at oh. first that he said shoot around went so poorly that he told the team, You're gonna get your asses kicked tonight if you play like this. And then they came in and they played like that. And for three quarters, they get their asses kicked. Then Dennis Schroeder and Al Horford both said, yeah, we didn't, we, we weren't serious earlier mm-hmm. in the day and just, uh, from, from there. So this is going to be one of those, uh, like Andrew Bynum's practice where he shot from all <laughs> over the court. We're just going to want to know forever, maybe what happened uh, at this shoot around. So yeah, it's a, that definitely was, it was a mess. Um, with that hey i got a shout out real quick just because it'll help pick yes. me up and i'll be a little bit more i know where you're going my guy pete toll is in the chat um pete was my former co-host on mm-hmm. front office show when we first launched uh here you know many, many many moons ago many versions of the show ago so i love pete pete thank you so much for showing up in the chat man love yeah you, great and great analysis on twitter you guys should make sure you follow him there as well absolutely um yeah look this is from from the coaching perspective, I've been in a number of situations like that where you go to your warm-ups, you go to your shoot-around, whatever it is, and you just go, yep. oh, no. And you and you lay yep. into your team and you say you, you're not focused, you're not prepared for this, and sometimes you can snap them out of it and sometimes you can't and you just give them a big, I told you, show, told you so after the game. Um, there's a mental letdown when you're playing a bad team where sometimes you are not focused the way that you should be. And we've all been in that situation where it comes back to burn you. And a number of teams were in that situation last night. Yep. And, and normally if this was mid March, I'd be like, yes, eh, whatever, exactly. shrug, you move on. Cause every team has games like this, but this is now year two of this for the Celtics world. We're spending more time after games talking about their effort level than anything else. Let's move on to a team that we don't have to worry about playing with good effort. Okay. Miami, Miami Heat, 106 to 93. Um, they're going to bring it every yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah. Upset uh, on the road against Brooklyn. Not massive upset, right? They're not like like a super you know far off mm-hmm. team from where Brooklyn is. But, um, you know, I think the Heat culture stuff is a little bit more propaganda than it is real. But clearly they come in ready to play. Jimmy Butler, a really good all-around game. Did not shoot no. it well, but 17 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals. Uh, he was also uh, took a lot of turns guarding um, uh, both Kevin Durant and uh, James Harden and uh, helped hold them in relative check. Uh, Bam did his thing. Tyler Hero had a rough shooting night, uh, really kind of one of his first rough shooting nights of the year off the bench, but, but they got enough. And I thought Nothing in the box. Well, I guess the nine assists would show up for Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry. But if you watch this game, you can see Kyle Lowry's influence on yeah. the Heat as far as getting the ball right up the floor, stealing early offense when they can. He's really developed pretty good chemistry with Bam already where it's, hey, run the floor, we'll get the hit-ahead pass, and then we'll get it to you. Um, that's getting them some easy buckets. And that's good for this team because this is not a team whose offense is going to be you know probably great every single mm-hmm. night so it's gonna it's gonna take them a little bit to get there uh with that and then jumping over to the nets uh 25 points 11 boards for kevin durant two blocks five turnovers nine for 18 he did his thing but nobody else did 
Um, that's really what it came down to. You know, you had Joe Harris shot five for 15, James Harden four for 12. We need to talk about him a little bit. Seven boards, seven assists for him yeah. for 14 points. Uh, but I mean, really, this was the Nets not having enough depth in this situation. It was kind of yeah. KD. And they shot. Terribly. Yeah, and, and they shot terribly. But I mean, part of that is the lack of, you had Kevin Durant shot well, nobody else really did. So yeah. that's that's a problem when you're a Nets team that relies I on offense. I think Steve Nash, too, at one point, I think he realized oh, we're not getting this yeah. one because he rolled out a lineup without Durant, Harden, or Patty Mills on the Ooh. floor. And those are the only three guys this team has that can create offense off the yeah. dribble. Um, I, I think that lineup was something like Carter, Brown, Bembry, Millsap, and Joe Harris, if I remember correctly. And that's not like that you're not going to find offense out of that grouping. That's too many guys who are standstill shooters and uh, dependent players. So uh, yeah, let's talk about James yeah. Harden for a minute. Uh, said after the game that he's still kind of finding his form, talked about how he didn't get to play at all this summer because he spent the entire summer rehabbing yeah. from, um, he had three separate grade two hamstring strains, which that's, that's, bad. that's really bad. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that, that's rough. So he spent the entire summer uh, rehabbing from that. He is very clearly still finding his way with the new points of emphasis on the uh, flops. He had about four or five different plays uh, in this game where he went uh, foul hunting and didn't get the calls. Um, now, to his credit, there was not a lot of complaining about it, not a lot mm -hmm. of whining. It was just kind of, all right, we're not going to get it. It's going to take him time to adjust when you're that dependent on, on that. But he's only averaging three free throw attempts per game. That's the lowest uh, free throw uh, attempt rate of his entire career. And if he um, can't get back to that, you start to say, not that he's a bad player by any means, He's not James Harden's superstar right. level guy if he can't find a way to get himself to the free throw. Well, line. so fans of 29 other teams right now are saying hallelujah. We're, we were tired <laughs> of watching the James Harden Except free maybe throw. maybe the Hawks fans. Okay, yes. <laughs> Aside from the Hawks fans with the, the Trey Young fouls. Um, but when you look at, at what's going on with James Harden, what's happening is you've got, number one, physically, he's not quite there. But then the issue is compounded by the new rules, right? Because typically, if this was, say, last season and physically he wasn't quite there, he can cheap foul his way into points and into production by getting to the free throw line when he's physically unable to just create points on his own. I think when he's 100%, he's more than talented enough to continue to be a very, very good, very impactful player, uh, a star-level player, even without the fouls. When he's physically compromised, though, he relies on the fouls that much more to be a big part of his game because he's not able to have that burst to blow by guys. He's not able to do some of the things that he would normally do. So it, it really kind of snowballs when you add those two things together, and then you get a James Harden who's not quite superstar level, and then you see a Nets team, which is more similar to what we saw in the playoffs, once James Harden got hurt, where once there are Durant and then more of maybe a low-level all-star version of James Harden and then everybody else, they are much more vulnerable than when they have at least two true superstars and everybody can just play off that. Yeah, no, without a doubt. It's uh um yeah, it's 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 tough for them right now. I mean, no, again, like you said, nobody feels bad um for Harden for the way they're being officiated now. Mm -hmm. and, and clearly no one feels bad for the Nats. Uh, you know, uh, but they went big this off season versus wings and, and guards. They went with a lot of bigs and yep. you're not 
really playing them. So that starts to become uh, something where I wonder if that roster construction gets tweaked. All right, let's move on to Pacers Raptors. Uh, if you don't bring it against Toronto, you're going to get yep. beat. Um, that's just you know the reality of it. They're 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 a team you know another much like Miami. You don't have to worry about them coming out and playing with really good effort. Uh, another strong game by Scotty Barnes, man. Eighteen points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Uh, good all yep. around. OG twenty five points, five steals. Fred Van Vliet had twenty six points. Um, they're they're just getting good solid play out of out of their their guys. I think. This is one where it'll start to level off a little bit as the season goes mm-hmm. along because it, it it can be hard to sustain that level of effort for 82 games, um, and then teams will start to figure them out a little bit. But for now, they're 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 out there stealing victory. 16 offensive boards too. Uh, it wasn't just uh, one guy doing it; it's a whole bunch of different people, including Fred Van Vliet with four, which I I didn't see enough of it to know how that happened, but. You know, bad on you, uh, Pacers, for letting that happen. Uh, nothing really remarkable. No. The Pacers side. Other than Malcolm Bogdan got hurt. Um, they're just about to get Karis LeVert back. He did not play in this one, but it sounds like he's really close. And then Brogdon got hurt and left the game. So just injuries in Indiana, man, just continue to, to swamp. Uh, and, and we'll have to wait and see what happens exactly with Brogdon and that injury and how how long he's out and, and that type of thing. But um, but when we're looking at the Pacers, you know, I saw uh, quite a bit of the reaction. This was while the Lakers game was on, so I was on that. But um, it was a hamstring issue for, for Brogdon, so those can be very tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, from the reaction of Pacers fans, I saw a lot of fans who were saying, this is another season where they're just searching for players who can bring it on a nightly basis, who can really put forth yeah. that that effort. Uh, Rick Carlisle, as a coach, he's very demanding, and so I would be surprised if he didn't get the most out of this team. But tonight was a night that they did not bring it. Yeah, I, I, I still am surprised that we're still running Turner and Sabonis together. It just. Yeah, I think it's we're we're past the point where we know that's not going to yes. work as a pairing. Yeah. Um, and maybe this year at the trade deadline they split it. I thought it would be this this off season. As I know, you know, I, I was uh, said that was one of the things I thought uh, was most likely mm-hmm. to happen, and then it did not. So I, which I get it, Carlisle, you know, asked he wanted to see if he could make it work. And this game obviously didn't have crunch time down the stretch, but Miles Turner hasn't been a part of the closing lineups for for the Pacers, um, which is also, you know, that's a little bit of a problem there. You want to move on to Hawks? Let's do it. And Keith, before we even get into it, all right, the Hawks won by three, 102 to 99. I just want to highlight how fantastic this is. Last night, James Harden and Trey Young both played. Combined, they took six free throws combined thank you nba <laughs> three for thank three you on them they made yes that, that's good yeah and to his credit i think trey young's starting to starting to yes adjust and then they're talented bit, enough right? to do it, it they keep... don't have to get the free throws yeah. and that makes yeah. the game so much more enjoyable yep. i agree uh 31 points for trey seven assists uh john collins had a nice game this is one of those ones where i look at it this tells me the hawks are and I don't want to make it that I didn't believe in them before, mm-hmm. but they're for a real good team because they just went in and won a game that they should have won. They didn't blow them out uh, over the Pelicans, but they just went in and took control of the game, did what they had to do and get out of there with a win. Uh, Daniel Gallinari, I believe this was the season debut, 9.7 rebounds off the bench. The, the bench was really the difference. Mm-hmm. No no super standouts for, for Atlanta, but just more production uh, than, than um, you know, at times a kind of rough um, go of it on the bench from, from the, um, the Pelican side. 
uh, there. So, yeah, I, I just think Atlanta's good. They're, there's not a lot more analysis there other than that they're they're a good team. Yep. On the Pelican side, it it's just it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's no Zion to, to get the offense yep. going. Yeah, you. I, I would at this point now. All right, if Zion's not going to be there for a while, let's play through through Valanciunas a little mm-hmm. bit more in the post. He's you know uh, you know been doing some stuff. He looks pretty good uh, down there. So you know I know that's kind of more old school, but you know if that's what we got to do, that's what you got to do because Ingram's doing his best. Devontae Graham's kind of doing his best, but but it's there. There's just not a lot of other offense creation. I will say though, Herb Jones, I think he's for real as at least a defender. Yeah in this league he can really get after it all right uh minnesota milwaukee oh oh ahead. no i was Sorry. i was gonna say let's Good let's job. move on to minnesota and milwaukee because i didn't all have right. a whole lot else to add about that that game i think we kind of summed it up but uh this is this yeah. is another one one of the upsets where, of the, the upset yeah uh, yeah yeah the the timberwolves i love anthony edwards man did you hear him after where he's like he, he came in and he's like he's like well, we're like and all these other teams are stealing games. Why can't we go steal one? And I'm cleaning up his language because, boy, that that guy is a foul mouth, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is part of why I love him. Um, but I don't want to get us in trouble here on on, uh, on our yeah. show uh, here. But yeah, he is um, he's fun, man. It, he he went a little crazy though because he started talking about how they've got a bunch of defenders and they're gonna have three all defense guys, and it's like what. Like where where are we coming from with this? Uh, you know, yeah, that wow. that part was a little bit a little bit much. I'm out of him, but love the confidence, man. You know, get after it. They went big uh, in their opening group. Mm-hmm. Um, they went with Towns, Vanderbilt, and McDaniel's up front. Um, Build the wall really seemed to kind of help out Towns because I think Vanderbilt and McDaniel's focused on defense in the glass, and that really freed up Towns to do a lot of stuff offensively. Um, there, which he's always very good, but if you could get your defense and rim protection and other stuff from other spots, you can uh, re- really get more out of him on the offensive end. D'Angelo Russell didn't shoot a great, and neither did Edwards. Well, it wasn't but, bad. Uh, they they came no, not well three for 11. right, but twelve and twenty five uh, overall. So they were combined five for twenty one. That's not no. good, but you know, scored a bunch of points. Uh, did their stuff. Patrick Beverly. Did you see the Patrick Beverly try to do the uh, uh, the the like dribble in front of a? Uh, Oh, it fall down. Up the oh, yeah. So, um, uh, uh, I need a uh, compilation of all of these. Bob, I need somebody to edit uh, them all together. Bob? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I can't think of his uh, Rob Perez. I think it is right. Uh, Worldwide yeah, yeah. Bob on Twitter. He has the clip of it, so you can go find it. Beverly. Yeah, he got he he either got a ball outlitted to him, or he got a rebound or a steal or something, and he dribbled directly in the path of the Bucks player. May have been Giannis. The guy tripped over him and fell. The ref called Beverly for the foul. No complaint. Got up with a like little smirk on his face, like, "All right, you caught me," and just went and started laughing and went went right back to playing. So, uh, you know, again, it. good to see see that 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 it's working. Yep. Uh, Giannis dominant night, forty points, sixteen rebounds, seven assists. The Bucks are just did did they're just injured. Yeah, you know, they, they, Bobby Portis did come back and play. Um, it was really cool when he got into the game for the first time too. The crowd went so bananas for him. Um, they love they him. really do. And there was a, it was it was almost like a WWE uh, kind of uh, <laughs> pop um, as he entered, which is is fun. But you know, uh, no no Brooke Lopez, no Drew Holiday, no Don DiVincenzo. Still, uh, Lopez starting to get a little nervous. He's been out for a while. Yeah, uh, with the back. Yeah, injury. that's right. that's going to be a concern, especially for a big man and. There's well, Porzingis is dealing with the back injury as well. So big men and back yeah. injuries, bad news. 
You have all right. You did it to me. I got to do it back to you. Let's 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 get there. Thunder Lake. Yeah, I mean, look, I spent over an hour talking about this on the post game show last night, but it really um, over on Lakers Nation. But it really just comes down to um, two two things, um, and we see this every year. We see teams who get up big and then take their foot off the gas, and uh, and this happens. We see it across all sports, and you can't do it. And teams still continue to do that because it's kind of human nature. When you get up that big, it's hard to have that kind of sharpness throughout the entire game. And that's exactly what uh, the Lakers did. And the other piece to this, which we've talked about this before, is you can't give a bad team hope. That's the worst thing you can do if you're playing a bad team is you give them hope. Because what's going to happen is they're going to play every possession like their life depends on it because they're going to go, oh my gosh, this is our this is our chance. This is our one chance. It might be a month before we get this chance again. And that's exactly what happened in uh, OKC against the Thunder. You know, there's, there's not a whole lot else to break down other than the Lakers just completely took their foot off the gas. And it burned them. And they know they should know better. They're a team full of veterans. They should know that this can happen. And they did not heed that warning. And now they are yet another cautionary tale. Yeah. I, on the Thunder side, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander points as they, they uh, took over that game just was unguardable. Uh, the Lakers didn't have anybody who could keep, keep him in front of them. Uh, Josh Giddy. One of the we said this is what it's going to be like with him, where he's going to shoot it well yeah. some nights, and when he does, he's going to look great. And on the nights he doesn't, we'll we'll you know we'll see uh, what comes after that. But yeah, uh, eighteen points and ten assists for him. Um, uh, Ludor did did his thing, and we'll come back to Darius Baisley in a minute because we do have to obviously talk about that. Um, yeah, and on the Lakers side, I I mean they kind of were what they're going to be without LeBron, I guess Did a lot of AD, a lot of Russ mm-hmm. and everybody else kind of chipped in, but it's, it's what you said. They took their foot off the gas uh, at the end. So let's talk about what happened at the end of the game. Yes. Just for a second. Cause I think it would be disingenuous if we didn't. Um, so I'm just going to say it, go cry me a river somewhere else. Russell Westbrook. Oh yeah. Don't throw the ball all over the gym. Don't, don't blow a 26 point lead and have a 30 plus point turnaround. And you know what? If if a young guy on a team that's not going to have very many good moments this year wants to steal a ball and punctuate a big win for them, probably the best maybe the best win they'll have all season with a dunk. Just let him. Why do you care? You don't need to go after me. I'm going to teach him any kind no. of lesson. And the other thing is too, I don't want to hear about it from him either. When he used to do the same thing when he was a young player, <laughs> he was regularly known for being the guy who would push the ball on a, he'd get a rebound on that last 10 seconds, push it all the way down the court for a basket in a game that was already over. So just go away. I don't, you want to hear your old, I'm old school nonsense. Stop crying. You know what? Bat flips are awesome. You let up a 500 foot <laughs> home run too bad. Flip the bat. And you know what? As the, as the hitter too, you know, the next pitch might be coming in your ribs. And that's all, all about it. You know what? You're going to play this team again a couple more times, at least this year. Go teach them a lesson then. You don't need to go after the kid at the end of the game. Just nonsense. No, it's, 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 well, it's like Charles Barkley calling out player movement and how terrible it is that players are asking out now. He did the same thing, yeah. right? Like, yeah, like it's it's yeah. crazy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we had that was a topic of discussion. It was a pretty short discussion, pretty for almost across the board. I didn't see any Lakers fans that had any problem with it. I mean, there were a couple that said, "Okay, that's kind of against the unwritten rules of the game or whatever," and that's true. But from a Lakers perspective, 
I love it. Please do that. Make it hurt so the Lakers never do that again. Because that was not about what the Thunder did last night. That was about what the Lakers did to themselves. And Darius Baisley doing that, perfect. Make that hurt so they never do that again. Uh, The other thing is, look, it would be different if it was a veteran. Let's say it was Patrick Beverly who did that. Yeah. That's a different story where you've got a guy where you know he's doing that not because he's excited, not because they just won their first game. It's because he's trying to do it to get under your skin, to send a message, to to try to do something negative towards you. Darius Baisley is a 21-year-old kid who is just is just excited that they that they won a game and he's fired up and it was their first win of the season. Like I'm not gonna fault him for that. It's a little different if it's a veteran who you've got issues with, the Russ Beverly yeah. thing, all that. But that, that would be a different story. But because of who it was, where it was, what's going on, I understand Russ being upset, being frustrated. He goes back to OKC. They do this terrible thing, and they and they give away this game that they never should have. But sure. that's on you, right? That frustration is yeah. on you. It's not on, yeah. on Basley. So I have no problem with what he did. And, and I, I'll also say, too, because you're right, and if it was a really good team, you all right, you didn't need to do that. But this is a team again, that might be their best one of the year. And so so let's let's let them have their fun. Let's let them get get a, get out there um with this. Uh we've got somebody in the chat asking about Mello at the yeah. end, can't have him in the closing lineups. He's not gonna be in the closing lineups probably most nights because LeBron James will be right. in there. Um that's you know, this is just they're they're you know, the Lakers are going through right now with injuries, as we've talked about. They're just gonna they they just gonna gonna get through this period of time, get get some guys back and and go. Yeah. All right. Um so, you, yeah, you've already talked about this game enough. Let's move on to King Suns. <laughs> Kings King Suns, this one was another upset. Game of the night. Uh yeah. I mean Harrison Barnes, 22 points, nine boards, four assists, 10 for 18 shooting, and the game-winning three on a turnaround. I mean, not an easy shot, and he he buried it. Um, But again, this is a game the Suns should have won. Uh, Well, let me finish up on the stats here. De'Aaron Fox, 18 points, nine assists. You had 12 from Rashawn Holmes, 12 and 12. Shot poorly again. De'Aaron Fox. Uh, Yeah, one for five from deep. It was only three for seven on free throws, too. It's it's starting to get a little bit worried about his jump. He's too strong now. What what happened? He put on too much muscle. He's too strong. He put on too much muscle now. (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. He has a little too jacked. Yeah. I'll have to check check and see. Is he hitting a lot of glass and back? He must be. He's breaking backboards now at this point. It's tough when you get big, you can't get the shoulders. That's what it is. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, 15 points, 6 of 11 shooting. Buddy Buckets, Buddy Heel, 26 points, 5 boards, 7 of 11 from 3. That's ridiculous. Uh, And then jumping over to the Suns, Devin Booker, 31, 6 and 8. DeAndre Ayton, 21 and 21. Good Lord, DeAndre Ayton says, pay me. Get that done. Chris Paul, though, just 1 for 10. Eight assists. Can't imagine yeah. he was a very pleasant person in the locker room after that. Um, Mikhail Bridges, 15 and five. And then Jay Crowder, 10 points uh, on four of 12 shooting. Jay Crowder said after the game that the Suns got too used to postseason play. That was the problem, that they were too used to the slow it down version of the postseason and they need to readjust to regular mm-hmm. season and push the pace a little bit more. I guess that I mean maybe, but Chris Paul is your point. Yeah, you're not going to push the pace all that that much. Um, I said yesterday when we recorded 
that I just wanted to get some some Davian Mitchell against Chris Paul mm-hmm. moments. We got got a couple, nothing you know, real fireworks, but uh, you can. I, I love just the way that kid comes out and competes and just gets after uh, everybody. Devin Booker was awesome as the Suns came back, yeah, to to make this yeah. a game because it was uh they, they were down uh, and came back. The Kings Kings looked like they were gonna Kings all over at Kangs <laughs> and and blow it. And, uh, but yeah, but but good good win for mm-hmm. Sacramento. They're feisty man, and if uh, if the if them and the wolves are for real the the west is just that much tougher uh because because those teams are, are going to be in there uh battling out two other teams uh so your new team as we we provide right. them the memphis grizzlies unfortunately suffered a loss on the road um at the portland trailblazers Blazers bounce portland, back. this one screamed to me yeah portland needed this yep. win um they they re- really needed this one memphis uh, is on kind of a tough road trip uh, early in the season right now so they're 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 figuring this out but this was one where i felt like portland really uh, buckled in said we, we've got to get this win mm-hmm. they actually played really good defense uh which is a complete rarity for them they they usually don't play any at all uh and they, they did a good job of uh harassing john morant um they really kind of forcing the ball out of his hands uh jaron jackson jr could couldn't just couldn't get anything to fall. He was, you know, pretty miserable on that. Desmond Bain, a uh, big game for for the Grizzlies. He's played great yep. this year, I think. You know, uh, felt like what was it? Ten years in a row, they were looking for a wing shooter in Memphis. <laughs> it feels like maybe they finally got their guy, uh, Desmond Bain. And then on the, the Portland side, uh, just a couple more uh, good stats because they're out there. Anthony Simons, uh, five for seven from three, seventeen points. Cody Zeller at ten points, seven rebounds. Got to the offensive glass five times uh, for him. And then Damon CJ did mm-hmm. their their thing, which we've seen them do do forever. Uh, and you know, Portland really. They they won this one running away. It was extensive garbage time. Yeah, uh, which is why you, this one about the last five. Which is why you don't see so. major minutes for most of the the Grizzlies starters. Uh, nope. I mean, John Morant played thirty two, but uh, you mentioned Des Bain, nineteen points, three boards. He's been tremendous this season. Four of seven from deep, just physically strong. And he's I, I interviewed him a few times before uh, the draft last year and, and he's just a good kid just a good kid works hard and yeah. um if you know his background at all you know kind of what he what he had growing up and all that kind of stuff and he's uh he's a guy who's worked really hard to get where he's at so it's cool to see him have this kind of success yeah yeah absolutely De- definitely great um you know just an absolute knockdown shooter can defend and he's got that he's kind of get that yes. like Gordon build too where he's like a little bit of a bigger guy uh, he's kind of rugged out there so so can do some different stuff uh, hey in the chat we got a shout out Jeremy just coming in from Australia hey guys I'm your biggest fan it's 1 a.m. here in Australia so thank you so <laughs> yes. much man for staying up staying up late and hanging out with us this, this morning uh, and uh, thank you we, we really appreciate that morning here for us almost lunch getting there uh, for us and then but Jeremy get, get to get bed, some sleep go, go to bed <laughs> Get get some sleep, uh, but but after you listen to this last this upset of the night game to go, uh, yeah, Cavs went in and just <laughs> controlled yeah. the game from the tip and took care of the Clippers with very little uh, issue. Um, this was I, I ended up watching a lot of this one because I was doing post game Celtics stuff and followed from that, and this one was on, so I had a lot of this game on, and and this this is what I said on Twitter last night: the Cavs are weird. But sometimes weird is good as long as it works. And they're weird, but it's working right now. They, the, they've the got three bigs. goofy lineups where they play yeah. three bigs, two point guards. Uh, they're, the two veterans come off the bench. 
Uh, Love and Rubio, though, throwing it back like old school Wolves <laughs> uh, highlights. Those two, they, they never lost their two-man game. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a goofy, weird team that just kind of fits. Um, and I think the key to all of it is Evan Mobley. I've never seen a rookie outside of like rookie mm-hmm. Shaq come in the league. And I only kind of remember like rookie Patrick Ewing coming in be this destructive defensively. He just blows stuff up left and right. Um, he's a, he, I mean, he's, I know he's basically seven feet tall, but he looks like he weighs about yeah. 120 pounds. Um, but he's all arms and legs and limbs. And I mean, he, he's awesome. I just, he already, he's rapidly gone up the list of favorite players I have in the league. I, he's I, I, I Anthony Davis esque in that way, in terms of just being, being, having the size, yeah. but still being quick enough to really make a difference in terms of, oh my gosh, we're in scramble mode defensively and we've got to go close out on that guy in the corner. He can do that. He can do that and, and still have size. You know what? He's already better than AD ever was, though, um, defending a guy one-on-one yeah. on the perimeter where it's not even like a close out of scramble. It's just switching onto him, picking him up. Now, in fairness, the game yes. has changed, right? So that's that's what the game is now um, with, with that. It's funny, that, that just thinking about Anthony Davis for a second, I just wanted to see if you, you had ever had this kind of thought. It came up, I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about the top 75 yeah. team or the all 75 or whatever we're calling it, NBA 75. And there were people, a lot of people were saying, Anthony Davis, you know, it's too early in his career and all this stuff. He's yeah, in like his 10th year. <laughs> so it's not like too early. Like, like, like we, like, I think we still sometimes think of Anthony Davis as like he's a kid year five yeah. and he's a super young guy and he's not that anymore. But yeah. Hey, just love for our guy, Colin. Yeah. Sexton. Uh, I felt like uh, outside of Cleveland, you, you and I were the only two still, still on this dude and 26 didn't hit points, a three, but uh, you know, really he, yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't make any of his three pointers. Mm-hmm. And then Darius Garland, man, he's really starting to figure out uh, how to play make for others. And then I got to give it to love and Rubio embracing that role off that bench. Uh, I Kevin Love has already played more for the Cavs than I thought he was going to this year. I just assumed this was going to be sit on the end of the bench and do the Blake Griffin. And you know what? He's he's out there doing his thing yeah. and playing pretty well for them. Uh, so happy to see that. On the Clippers side, there's there's not really anything remarkable. They shot poorly here. They just kind of stunk. They they didn't shoot it well. Uh, they they turned it over a decent amount. Um, just just a, a bad night. And they they don't have enough. Um, Without Kawhi, they they have to. You can't. You're not going to play poorly and win a lot. So uh, this year for the Clippers, you, you've got to kind of. When play you're looking at a ones. at a box score, right? There's certain things that you can do in order to atone for mistakes elsewhere. So for example, if you see a poor shooting percentage, but a lot of offensive rebounds, right? So you can, if you miss a lot of shots, you can make up for it by getting a lot of offensive rebounds and then getting yourself extra scoring opportunities. The Clippers missed a lot of shots, thirty six percent, twenty two percent. 62% going field goal, three-point free throw. All of those are bad. Didn't really make up for that on the offensive glass. Nine yep. boards got out-rebounded on the offensive glass, uh, 14 to nine. And then you can keep your turnovers low, which they they kind of did. I mean, 14, 14 to, to 20, yeah, which isn't terrible. Awful. But again, they yeah. just didn't do what they needed to do in order to make up for that poor of a shooting night. Now, the, the Cavs did turn the ball over 20 yep. times, so that probably kept it a little bit closer than it could have been but again yeah. overall the clippers just just had a, a bad shooting night and then they weren't able to do the other things to make up for a bad shooting and frankly 
on most nights, if you shoot, shoot those percentages, you're probably it's going to be tough to make up for being quite that low across the board. Yeah, to your point of sometimes a box score can tell the story. You lost by 13 in a game where you held the other team to just above 40% shooting, three of mm-hmm. 20 from three for the Cavs, and they turned it over 20 times, yeah. and you lost by 13. Like that just tells you how bad your own offense was in this one. And yeah, and they didn't do enough to create those second chances or anything. Uh, a box score oddity. Reggie Jackson had four offensive rebounds. So good night for yeah. the little guards, I guess, going Apparently. in there and offensive boards. Reggie Jackson and Fred Van Vliet. But yeah, all right. That closes it out. Not our uh, no. favorite night, I think, of, uh, uh, of the season. I will say this, though. As much as the two teams we are closely linked with, have been disappointments to mm-hmm. put it kindly um really fun season uh so far there, there's a lot of really cool storylines to monitor um i think it is fun that none of the, the teams we thought were going to be really good are running away with things and blowing everybody out um so it, it's been fun now maybe that normalizes here over the next month or so and uh we start to see things go more the way we expected them to but, but there's a lot of fun teams a lot of fun fun stuff to watch and i'm really yeah i mean there's been season. some some fun games like we said there's been a lot of upsets and things like that which from an nba perspective is a lot of fun, but if you're a fan of any of the of the top tier teams in the NBA last night, you were probably upset today because there were a lot of there were a lot of upsets that probably shouldn't happen. But sometimes on a random Wednesday, weird things occur. Especially, especially, I, I'm going to blame it on the fact that Halloween is this week. That's what it is. Just spooky weirdness. <laughs> Halloween and the next week. That's week, right. The clocks change. Oh, the clocks yeah. change. I'm going to have yeah, to get used to that again. Oh. I didn't have to deal with yep, that for a while. Yep. You, you, yeah. You yep. have to live with the rest That's of us right. in this madness. I, I I already ranted enough. I won't do my <laughs> right. rant. We'll, we, we'll save that for another day. I'm not, I'm All right. Well, everybody who's uh, who's watching, who's hanging out with us, make sure you do go subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed already, make sure you turn on those notifications as well. If there's any big news stories, we'll come back this afternoon and break those down. But thanks for joining us to talk about a weird night across the NBA. That's Knicks right. Bulls tonight. That should be a good That's one. That's a big one. Uh, been a long time since we could say Knicks Bulls right. is a big game uh, for anything other than ping pong balls. So yeah, that's the the the, the exciting one. And then uh, let's see if the Grizzlies can get back on track uh, at the Warriors. Uh, Java stuff. Nice way fun. to finish the night. All right, everybody. Till next time. See you and stay safe.